need to read this a little bit to you here. I, Joseph Boisel, being of sound mind and body, do bequeath all my wealth and worldly possessions to my dear wife, Abby. May she spend both dollars with the utmost caution and always wear a helmet when she rides my motorcycle. Herein, my will is complete. Um, you know, uh, my wishes are made known, my stuff, um, you know, properly accounted for. Unless, of course, my will was contested. You know, this whole bit about being of sound mind. And let's not even get to the body part. But the sound mind, you know. It, unless that's challenged, it's a fiat accompli. It's done. The, it's, it's all kind of signed, sealed, and delivered. Because that's what the law requires, right? Soundness of mind. If you don't have a sound mind, how can you be in charge of your own estate? You might, you might leave it to your goldfish or, um, you know, the paper boy or, heaven forbid, the government. Um, you, you would do so, insane people do insane things. So we require that a person be of sound mind if they're going to um, work through their will, for instance. Um, when we make major decisions, we need to be sane. We need sane people to make these. I mean, the, the world needs sanity and reason and, you know, prudence. I mean, what if everybody walked around thinking they were a poached egg or W.C. Fields or worse, a schnauzer? I mean, it would be ridiculous, wouldn't it, if everybody sort of walked around. We need sort of boundaries. Um, we need reason to be the norm. I was listening to um, a, a news story the other day, uh, I think Friday maybe, and um, and the, this judge had released this fellow on bail, and, um, and apparently while he's out on bail, he posted um, threatening photos of her on his social, social media site. And so she hauled him in the court, you know, to answer for this. And, and this was sort of the, um, the, the, the questioning she has. And she says, did you post this photo? He said, no, it must have been one of the people who worked for me. She said, which one? He said, I don't know. I don't remember. She said, you don't remember who worked for you four days ago. <laughs> you know? So she like sees right through this. And, and I thought to myself, this is why we need good judges. You know, that they're reasonable. They, they kind of see the line of argument. And they can follow this. They've they got to make weighty decisions. We need judges who are of sound reason. But also architects. I mean, who wants to go into the fifth floor of a building not knowing for sure if it's going to stay up or right? Or who wants to be in the first floor of a building that may collapse? We need, we need accountants who are sane because they take care of important things like money. And school teachers and nurses because they distribute medicines. Clergymen and physicians and airplane pilots. We need people who are re reasonable and sane in, in most... In fact, even in trivial parts of life, sanity cannot be um, overstated as its importance. And when we see someone acting irrationally or crazy, you know, that's what we say. They're crazy. She's nuts. I mean, what's going on here? The world would fall apart if people didn't maintain their sanity. I did a Google search thinking about this um, this week. About I searched like... Man goes crazy and woman goes crazy. Oh my, the videos that are out there. <laughs> yes, right? The first one, this woman's on an airplane like a commercial airline. You know, she's like uh, you know, rows of people. And she gets up and she's running down the aisle saying, let me off, I want to get off. It's in flight, you know? And I thought to myself, like, what would happen if somebody had opened the door? I mean, would she like really have jumped out of it? 
And another one, this a woman goes into this Planet Fitness. It's like um, a gym, an exercise place. And, and she goes in, and you're going you're gonna to do this. You're gonna, she starts pulling stuff off. She's yelling at the man behind the desk. And then she starts pulling stuff in, off and throwing it, like electronics, you know, the, the screen for the computer. And she's yelling at him, and he... Um, he tries to get away, and so he, he gets out from behind the desk and starts moving away, and, and then she rushes after him and starts calling him all kinds of foul names and punching him and, and hitting him. And to his credit, he just, he just fended her off. He didn't engage in any of that. He just tried to defend himself. And as I watched it, there's no other word. This is crazy. You know, this is crazy behavior. And then I read the comments below, and one of them said, and this all started over a Tootsie Roll. I wonder what she would have done for a Klondike bar. Oh, I loved it. That was so, pr but it was, I mean, it was insane. It was madness. It was, and she did, a, and one more. A man goes into a deli and he ordered a bagel, like a, a, a breakfast bagel. And then he starts screaming at the man for not making it fast enough. And he starts pulling the, the breads that are for sale in front of it and starts throwing them at the man saying, make my bagel now, make it now, make it. And he just keeps saying this over and over. And I thought, my word, he's losing it. He's lost it. And that sort of language is what happens. This is what we say, don't we? He's losing it. She's lost it. Um, you know, they went crazy. She had a meltdown. You know, this is unacceptable. This behavior does not fit within the norms of the way society has to function. We need no more crazy here. We're all full up on it. Stop that. You know, we want people to operate with basic sanity. And Jesus seems like he's crazy. Did you hear what he said? I mean, we just read it. This, you know, it comes off in the churches. You know, we, we get this thing all set up right. We have a cross and a processional and then, you know, a, a very dignified reading of it and the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Um, and, and we respond. We're, I say to you that are listening, anybody who's paying attention, listen to what I'm going to say to you. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. <laughs> you know, this is, this, is, uh, this is crazy talk. This is madness. This is insanity. Ekthros in Greek is an enemy. Somebody who is openly hostile toward you. Somebody who has an animated, deep-seated agitation toward you. They do not like you. Love that person. This person who is your sworn enemy, who is coming at you, but even more than that, ekthros, this is, um, this is the law of retaliation. This is the person who hates you and whom you also hate. <laughs> Love that person. This is the McCoys to the Hatfields. And the Hatfields to the McCoys. This is when you have a deep-seated agitation towards one another, and Jesus says, love that person. That's nonsense. It's crazy talk. The grammarians would tell you that the word love, that he says, is what's called a, um, a present active imperative. It's a command. But even more than that, it's present active means to do it and keep on doing it. Love and keep on loving do good and keep on doing good. It's not a one-off, quick fix, there I've done it thing. It's a continual action. And then Jesus loses all sense of rationality, all sense of reasonableness. Verse 28, bless those who curse you. 
Pray for those who abuse you. No, curse those who curse you. Somebody says something nasty to you, come back quick, come back hard, come back harder. Make them pay. Make them rue the day they ever wanted to take you on in a war of words. That's what we say. That's not what Jesus says. Bless those who curse you. Say good to those. And, and that's the word. Eulagia. In, uh, bless those. It comes off sounding very religious. Bless. Eulagia. It's where we get the word eulogy. And now, if you've been to a funeral, somebody stands up, they don't have to be a particularly religious person. They, they were a person who was liked by somebody. And somebody gets up and says nice words about them. Jesus says, say good things about the person who says bad things about you. Oh, Joe, did you hear what Jerry said the other day in the break room about you? No, what did he say? And then they tell you. And then you say, that dirty rat? No, that's not, that's not blessing them. And that is, that is getting back. That is getting even. Jesus says this is not the way it goes. Um, bless those. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, turn the other one also. Anyone who takes away your coat, give him also your shirt. No, no, no. Someone punches me in the face, we're punching back, right? It, it, this is what I learned in my neighborhood growing up. If somebody hits you, you better hit back and you better hit hard. You better hit harder than they did. And if they're bigger than you, bite them. You know, whatever you have to do, win that fight. That was my neighborhood. Was that not yours? This is what we learned. If you take my stuff, I'm going to take it back. Fifteen years ago or so, I was in Swaziland. And... Um, we stopped to, to get uh, fuel in, in the, the vans that we were in. And so I went into this um, uh, filling station. I got a, a, um, a newspaper, and I was flipping through, just kind of reading the stories because it was in English, and I was kind of happy to see what's happening in Swaziland, right? And I read this story about this young boy, 12 years old, who broke into an apartment, and he stole a radio from these young men. These two 20-year-olds lived in this apartment, and he broke in, stole the radio, and got away with it. And the, and the boys discovered who it was. The 20-year-olds the, the discovered who stole the radio. And so they found him, this little boy, 12 years old, who broke in their house and stole the radio. And they beat him to death, the two 20-year-olds. The two 20-year-olds went to court for this event, and they were given four years in prison each for beating a 12-year-old to death because the kid had it coming. This is the world we live in, right? This is, you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. And if I hit you too hard, well, maybe I'll be punished a little bit for it. No, Jesus says, that's not the world you live in. If someone strikes you, let them strike the other cheek. If someone takes away your stuff, don't demand it back. If someone takes your coat, give him your sport coat. If someone takes your coat, give him your shirt. Ladies, give me your cardigans. Don't give me your shirt. You know, take their stuff. Give it back. Give more. Don't give less. Don't say no. You can't have that. This is what Jesus is saying. Again, it's madness. And what about the people for whom we have indifference? We just don't really care about. You know, the people with smelly clothes or who are begging or asking for something. The woman pushing a grocery cart down the street. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, don't ask for them again. Madness. Give to every beggar madness. You can't do that. That's a, that's a, what kind of world is that? If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? 
But love your enemies, do good, lend, expect nothing in return, and your reward will be great, will be, notice that future tense, and you will be the children of the Most High. Future tense. Do this, and you will receive a reward. And I know what you're thinking, because you're thinking what I thought for a long time. Oh, I'll get paid back in heaven. Heaven is going to be payment back for the good that I do here. No! This future tense is an immediate future tense. You will immediately be the children of God. You will immediately be rewarded. How? You'll be rewarded in this life. Because what Jesus is saying is that what we call reason is not reason. We live in the twilight zone where this whole world is going mad. And real reason, real life, is, is, it looks crazy to people. It looks insane. The world is upside down. And we know this. We know that we came into this world infected with this disease. This disease that is selfish, turned in on itself, turned away from God. We want to be at war. We like to be at war, both literally and figuratively. Genesis 2 said we were made, humans were made to be equals and to be partners and to be side by side. It's, the, it's our, our sinfulness, our, our selfishness that has turned everything upside down. little thought experiment. Don't go too far with this. Don't push it to the extreme. But this is a little thought experiment. Think how much money is spent on weapons of war in the world. Not just the U.S. I'm talking about worldwide. I know you say, we have to have a military. I agree with you. I'm with you. I'm not disagreeing with that. But just think, if everybody entered into a treaty, all together, no more weapons of war. Think of all the money that could be spent in feeding people and coming up with, with uh, cures for diseases, all the things that we, playground equipment. I don't know all the things that could be bought if we literally turned our swords into plowshares. That is the world that Jesus and the Bible says is coming. The world where swords are turned into plowshares. You say, oh, that's crazy. I know, but that's the gospel message. That's the hope. Where the lion will lie down with the lamb and there'll be no more violence. That's the world that's coming. That's the Christian message. No more fighting. No more adversaries. No more war. No more hatred, no more selfishness, no more exploitation. That's the world that's coming. That's the resurrected world that Paul was talking about in the First Corinthian passage. But Jesus says we don't have to wait for resurrection to live that life. We can live it now in this life. We can be the children of the Most High God now in this life. And you say... That was kind of crazy. It's no crazier than a woman running down the middle of a plane yelling, let me off. And let's be honest. If we did this, if we dared to live this way, the world really would not fall apart. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.